my hope is in Jesus. All my hope is in Jesus. All my hope is in Jesus. Thank God my, anybody in here, you just thankful to God, your yesterday is, is gone. All my sins are, come on, say it like you know it. Give God the best praise you got in this place, for he has truly been good. He's been better than good to each and every one of us. And so I thank God that we get to gather and worship him. Thank God for our choir and our praise team and you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, not to mention our, our sound tech and media ministry. Just grateful for everyone who's here in person and online as we are reminded by Sister Carolyn and the choir that our hope is in Jesus and Jesus alone. In fact, I, if you didn't get your message for the morning, that is your message for the morning right there. You got it. In fact, I'm tempted just to give the invitation and say, hey, y'all, listen, you got it already. Uh, but truly, God has been good to us as we continue to direct our attention to that hope, that hope that we have in Christ, that we get to see that hope lived out in the believer's lives. And if you've been with us in this series called Forward, we've been navigating the book of Acts and watching how the Holy Spirit has been the power, the hope that transformed the world, how he used the church to go forth as witnesses everywhere that others might know what we just sung about, and that is that our hope is in Jesus. And that assignment doesn't just rest with the church in Acts. Don't miss this. That assignment is for each and every one of us, that not only will we sing about Christ being our hope, but we live knowing that we have that hope, and everyone who gets to know us, will, they'll know of our hope, that our hope is in Jesus. So I invite your attention to join me in your copy of God's Word to the 27th chapter of the book of Acts. 27th chapter of the book of Acts, and we'll begin our reading at the 13th verse. In the 27th chapter, we uh, pick up where we left off last in this series as we are looking at how God was using uh, his apostles, particularly Luke, who is chronicling these events of the book of Acts, and Paul. And they, we find them on a vessel. They're, they're on a ship. And things, well, things aren't going well. This so is right there in that 13th verse is where we're going to pick up as I invite you to come on board with them and experience what they've experienced, feel what they feel, see what they saw. 13th verse, he says, Now when the salt wind blew gently, supposing that they had attained their purpose, they, being the soldiers, weighed anchors and sailed along Crete close to the shore. But soon... A tempestuous, tempestuous wind called the Northeaster struck down from the land. And when the ship was caught, somebody say caught. When the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. Running under the lee of a small island called Cauda, we managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat after hosting it up. They used supports to undergird the ship, then fearing that they would run aground on the cisties, they lowered the gear, and thus they were driven along. Since we were violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison the cargo. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard, 
with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest laid on us, all hope for our being saved was at last abandoned. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not fear, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar, and behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. Mm. Let me read that again. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. You know, when your hope is in Jesus, no matter where you are in life, you can take courage in a crisis. And I don't know where you are, but I know that if you're not in a crisis, you may be on your way to a crisis. Or if you're honest about it, you're just coming out of a crisis. But in the midst of it all, you will come to learn that when Jesus is your hope, you can always have courage no matter what the crisis is in life. Uh, pray with me. Father, we thank you so much for the blessed opportunity is ours to gather in this place. And now we come to you asking that you would open up our hearts, that you would incline our minds to be receptive soil for the seed of your word. Holy Spirit, that you might take root in our lives and that we might live our lives truly living out the hope that we have in Christ, that we might truly take courage in every season and setting we find ourselves in, knowing, Father, that you are greater than any challenge that we may come across. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. It was on Valentine's Day, back in 2013. Over 3,000 passengers had made their way onto a vessel. They were looking forward with great expectation to the arrival of their vacation spot. But something happened as they were uh, navigating the Gulf of Mexico. There was an engine fire that took place in the engine room. As a result of that engine fire, the carnival vessel found itself without power in the middle of the Gulf. Passengers were there. And to their surprise, they had to languish there on a floating vessel with no power. No power to get to where they came from. No power to get where they were going. And so there they were, trying to survive the best way they could as the wind and the waves took control of the vessel. Ultimately, every single passenger was uh, rescued from the vessel. Every single one of them were able to, to come out unscathed. And this is what surprised reporters as they were taking on uh, interviews. One passenger said it this way. He said, I really don't have anything bad to say about the experience. It could have been worse. Yeah, that's their experience. 
But if we were to ask Paul to come and tell us about his experience, he began by saying, well, they were vacationers. I was forced to be on this boat. He would tell us that, that somebody else was making the decisions on his life that placed him on the very ship that we just read about. So it came as a surprise, but he wasn't up for it. He didn't plan for it. He didn't desire for this crisis to happen in his life. But isn't life like that? That you don't have to plan for it, crises will happen in your life. You don't have to look for it. Uh, if you live long enough, there will be a crisis that you will come up against. It, you don't even have to volunteer for it. If you're honest about it in here, it knows where you live, it knows where you work, it knows where you go to school, and crisis, trouble, difficulty knows how to find you. Am I the only one in here that ever had a date with difficulty that you didn't set up yourself? Anybody ever had a blind date with difficulty? It just came and just showed up and you're like, hey, I didn't sign up for this and yet it was right there with you? Yeah. That's what it was happening in the life of the Apostle Paul and, and Luke who is chronicling this. For they're in the middle of a crisis. They're in the middle of a crisis because here they did not sign up for it, but they were forced in it. See, they were a part of the company of the prisoners that were taken aboard this vessel. And Paul, being taken aboard, aboard this vessel, he, he knows already that God had called him to a hard work, to a hard place, but he's struggling in the midst of this experience. You, you heard it, because there they are on the vessel, but the vessel got caught up. The vessel got caught in a storm. They were initially, the Bible said, it was the, the waters were gentle. It looked like they were going to make it to their destination, but all of a sudden, without warning, a tempestuous wind leaves the land and meets them on the sea. Okay, you're not with me just yet here. It's, it's wintertime. Lorraine, they're on a ship, and now it's night. They're wet, they're cold, and they have no way of steering. In fact, the wind and the waves are so strong in their lives that all they can do is realize they have no control of what's going on. Uh, let me talk to some real people. Anybody in here, you had control issues. Anybody in here, uh, don't leave me here by myself. I'm not the only one. I know some of y'all online, you have control issues. You think you can control everything, and then all of a sudden, you get caught up in a tempestuous wind, and you realize, you know what? I don't have any control at all. And the more control you try to reach and try to grab, the more you realize that you don't have ability to steer yourself out of the situation that you're in. Who am I talking to today? Because you might be in that kind of crisis where, where you can't steer your way out and you're trying to figure yourself out, trying to figure out how you're going to get out. The ship was caught, uh, the Bible says. But then in verse, verse 16, no, in verse 15, it says it was caught and they couldn't face the wind, so they had to give in to it. They gave way to it, and they were dr being driven along, running uh, on a small island near Carter. And then it says, we managed with difficulty, verse 16, to secure the ship's boats. Uh, they, they lifted up and, and hoisted up the boats that were there. But, but I'm grabbed, I, I wrestled and arrested by, by Kim that, that statement. We, we managed with difficulty. They admit to being in a storm. Um, and they had to manage it. They had to manage their way through it. They, 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 they couldn't just rush out of it. They couldn't just uh, talk their way out of this particular storm. In fact, if you're a student of the text, you realize that this wasn't one of those 
overnight storms. You know, we can handle those overnight storms. You know, trouble comes, and, and we say, I'm so glad trouble don't last our way. Weeping may endure but a night. But anybody read their Bible in here? But joy comes. But what do you do when joy doesn't come right away? What do you do when the night becomes longer than you expected? Oh, now, now you're on the ship with them. Because it wasn't just one night. Because if you read, it says three nights later, they're on the same ship uh, vacillating in the sea. Three nights now, they're without power and without food, and they're chained. And then he says, and we looked up and we saw no hint of help. There were no stars I could see in the sky. There was no light. You got to understand in this context, uh, there's no lighthouses to guide them. There's no local coast guards to come out. No, in this context, they were by themselves in the middle of the sea. Have you been there? I know I'm talking about a ship, but have you really been there? Where, where you were in a place where it felt like no one knew where you were? Where it was dark and everywhere you turned, you, you saw no hope? You were in the 20th verse of our chapter when he said, When neither sun nor star appeared for many days and no small tempest laid on us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. That, that place of hopelessness. You, you didn't sign up to get there, but, but now you're there. And because you thought that this would be over, you thought the trial by now would have ended. You thought by now things would have been better. You thought because you love God and you're called by God and you, you, you pray to God that by now this crisis would have ended. But sometimes, let me just tell you the truth, sometimes God will allow your crisis to last longer than you know. Sometimes God will assign you to some trouble because he trusts you that you will still have faith in him while you navigate the troubled waters that you're going through. And I get it. I get it. On, on Sunday, we got to dress it up. You know, Cass, how we do it. We, we got we to gotta dress it up so no one knows the crisis that we're living in. We, we have to come and, and, and be, you know, you got to be dapper dand every now and then. You, you got you to come correct. You know, you, people see you. They, they see you got it all put together. But they don't know that on the inside, but beneath the surface on the inside, there's some stuff that's falling apart. Anybody in here will tell the truth that I've been there already. I, I'm living that. I got a T-shirt. I, I got a tattoo. I, I know about this life. They're looking for hope. The Bible says they, they're looking for it. They're wet. They're cold. And so many of them around them are hopeless. But then something happens. Uh, so, something happens. There in that 23rd verse, something happens. For it says, for Paul stands up and he says to them, he says, for this very night, now, now, hold on. We went from three days, we went from one day to three days to many days. There are many days now in. And he says, on the darkest night, when there seemed to be no light dove, there seemed to be no hope uh, before them, he said, on that night, verse 23, for that very night, there stood before me an angel of God. An angel of the God whom I belong, whom I worship. Oh, I, I got to pause here for a moment. Uh, he, he, in the midst of the darkness, God showed up. 
You, you, you missed your hope. You said all your hope was in Jesus. You, you, you missed your hope right there. In, in the midst of when everybody else was giving up and giving out, God showed up. And here's the reality. If you want to make it through your crisis and through the challenging circumstances of life that come at any given notice, if you want to really be able not only to to survive but strive through the struggle of going through your crisis, you have to be sensitive to know that when you belong to God, God will show up. You have to know that no matter what's going on, no matter how bad it may seem, at some point God is setting this thing up because God is still watching over me because I, I belong to him. Okay, uh, let, let me tell it to you this way. Um, um, princess, can, can I tell them about belonging? Can I tell them about belonging? Okay, I'll, I'll tell them about belonging. I, I turn to her because she knows that my heart is in repair. Uh, my heart is in repair because my, my favorite daughter... Um, she, something's happening, and, and y'all got to pray for me. Anybody ain't going to pray for me? Just, 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 just pray for me. Uh, she, she's my favorite daughter. She's my favorite daughter, and, and she didn't ask my permission, but, but she turned 16. <laughs> and there we were. We were, Wanda, celebrating her, her sweet 16th birthday celebration. Yeah, that's where we were. Yes, indeed. I said, all right, when I saw the price tag. I said, oh, yeah, all right. All right. And, and, and we had a ceremony for her because we were, we were praying over her and we were letting her know that she's fearfully and she's wonderfully made. Don't let her know that her value, let her know her worth, let her know how proud we were of her, let her know that she is a child of God. And it got to a point where, where I wanted to give her a special gift. And so uh, if you check it out, um, you, you'll see it a little later. Um, I, gave, I, I wanted to give her a special gift. Mama gave her the Word of God. She has her own personal Bible. It wasn't her first Bible. This is a special Bible to guide her life. And as Daddy, I got up and I pulled out a ring box. I pulled out a ring box and I put a ring on her finger. I said, baby, this is your promise ring. Uh, and then I, I messed up, Cass, because then I said, um, I'm putting this ring on your finger. I said, because the next guy who's coming along, he has to replace the ring. And if he can't do better than daddy, then you don't need him. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you what I, what I, what I told her. I said, because, I, said, I said, because you belong to me. She said, I belong to you. I said, yeah, baby, you, you, you belong to me. She said, oh, Daddy, that, that almost sounds like, like I'm your possession. I said, no, baby. Uh, that means you're my responsibility because when that time comes and, that, that, and I know how I'm going to do it, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say, who gives this bride to be wed? I'm going to turn back around and say, I do. Well, well, well if I got to give you up, then I'm giving you up to somebody who should be able to be responsible for you. Come here. I'm trying to help you understand something. That when you belong to God, God is responsible for you. And you can place all your trust in him because he's greater than man. He's the best father that ever's been. And when you place your trust in him, he has you even in the darkest night. I want you to hear me. Paul says, I belong to him because I, I worship him. Uh, and then he tells us, right there, if you have your Bible still open, he tells us how we can have courage when we're facing crisis. It's right there, right there encapsulated in, in one verse. It's right there, right there in verse 25. Look what he says again. He tells the men, verse 25, so take heart, men, for I have faith in God, and it will be exactly as I have been told. Did, did you miss it? It's right there. 
You want to know how you to navigate your, your crisis? You want to know how to have courage in crisis? It's, it's right there. He says, uh, take heart. That, those words right there, take heart. Right there in the 25th verse. Take heart, uh, have courage. Actually, Doug, in the original language, uh, this word is, is a combination of two words that's only used three times in the New Testament and two times in this very book where he says, take heart, have courage, take heart there. It's, it's really heart in Greek. Uh, it really speaks to your mind. Somebody say your mind. Okay, so now when they're saying heart, they're not talking about the blood pumping vessel inside your chest. They're talking about your mind. He says, take heart, which means then that word in Greek says take really speaks to cheerful. Get this. Don't miss it. He says, have a cheerful mind while you're going through challenges. Uh, You missed it already. You missed it. You can only have a cheerful mind when you're going through challenges when you belong to God. You can have a, a cheerful mind. How can I have a cheerful mind when I'm going through challenges? You you can make a decision that in the midst of all that's happening in your life, that you can have joy. You you can actually, in all the trauma, drama, and all all the the situations that's happening, there's some reason to have joy. Let let me help you understand something. uh, Paul wrote in Philippians this way. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all that the Lord is near. Hold on. I don't rejoice because it's nighttime. I don't rejoice because there's no light to be seen. I rejoice because I'm not in it by myself. I I don't rejoice because um, this is trouble that comes. I don't welcome trouble to come in my life. I rejoice because I got somebody who I belong to who's greater than any trouble that might come in my life. And come here, when you belong to God, it doesn't mean, it doesn't matter, Wileen, what you're going through, God is always greater. You're missing it already. God is greater than any trouble. He's greater than any crises. He's greater than any problem that might come in your life. But you have to choose to belong to him. Somebody, just help me preach for a moment. Just tell your neighbor, tell them, take heart. That's the first step. If you're going to have courage in the midst of your crisis, you got to take heart. But he wasn't done yet. He says, not only take heart, he says, but have faith in God. Ah, have faith in God. He says, it's having faith in God. It's putting all of your dependency upon him. It's coming to a point in place in your life where you'll stop overly depending on yourself and you'll trust God no matter what's happening, you'll trust God with it. That you'll come to a place in your life where you'll realize that, you know what, all I can do is place this in the hand of God. So the first thing I'm going to do when I'm going through trials and troubles is I'm going to look to God and cast all my cares upon him uh, and have a whatever kind of attitude. Oh, you're not with me just yet here. Uh, if I had some, some sisters in there, just say whatever. You know how y'all say it. Just, just, just say, help me out here. Say, say whatever. Yeah, 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 whatever. Now, some of y'all, I saw you. You got, you got carried away. You got caught up in that thing. Your neck started moving. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah, I'm in the Philippians passage where, where he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And then he goes into the whatever attitude. He says, whatever's true, whatever's good, whatever's just, 
whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is praiseworthy. He says, whatever is excellent, think on these things. Which means when I'm going through and I'm a child of God, there's still something praiseworthy. There's still something good that is happening in my life, and I got to think on those things. Hold on. If you're in a dark place, I see you. You say, well, I'm looking around. I see no light. Then what I'm thinking about, well, if you don't have nothing in the present to think about, think about all the stuff God took you through and brought you through last time you were in trouble. Think about how God brought you out the last time you were in a hopeless situation so you can rejoice in the midst because you know that if it gets that dark, God's really about to show off in the place. Uh, Who am I talking to in here where God is trying to encourage you to have courage in Christ is one, by taking heart, but secondly, by having faith in God. Oh, but thirdly, uh, as we look to close this, this journey through Acts, not only do you have faith in God, but third part, he shows us there. He says, so take heart, men, for I have faith in God, here it is, that it will be exactly as I have been told. Mm. Oh, you're not with me just yet here. Let me help you for a moment. Uh, I'm getting excited, Anthony. I'm trying not to, all right? Here, here it is. I really am. I'm trying not to. Um, because, because here it is. Look, look what he says. he says. He says, listen. He says, I can have faith in God because I know God well enough to know that if God said it, God's going to do it. Yeah. Uh, I, I know God. I, I've been with God long enough to know God well enough to know that if he said he'll never leave me, nor will he forsake me, God's going to be true to his word. That means if Lottie Dottie and everybody walks out on me, guess what? There's somebody who's going to always be with me, and that is Christ Jesus, my Savior. He says, listen, God has a word, and he's good. Here it is. Weeping may endure for a night, but when you're with the Lord, joy will come. A morning's going to come where you'll have joy in the morning. God's word is good. He says his promises of God, the Word of God, His promises come back with a yes and amen, which means everything God says, God does. That's why it's important to know the promises of God. That's why it's important to study the Word of God and know what God said He'll do for you and He'll do with you because you know that all things are possible with Him. I'm thinking about Mary and Martha. They were in a crisis right there in John. They were in a crisis, the worst kind. They were dealing with human tragedy and family loss. There's Mary and Martha, and their brother Lazarus had died. Their brother Lazarus died, and they sent for Jesus, and it appeared that Jesus was taking too long. Anybody can relate to that? Uh, you send for him, and it seems like he's taking too long. But then when Jesus shows up, Martha comes out and said, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. He said, but well, here it is. She said, but, but even so. Mm, here it is. You got to have that even so kind of faith. You got to even so it's going to happen. Even so, whatever you say, God's going to do it. Why? Because God does exactly what he says he's going to do. And for somebody right now, you've been living your life on your own terms. You're vacillating, trying to figure out how you're going to make it through life. And God is just trying to get you to a place to let you know that he's the only one who can carry you through a crisis so that when he carries you, you can be comfortable even in the midst of the crisis. All right, I'm there. I'm there in the 27th chapter because there, and not only are they shipwrecked, but here's here's what happens. Uh, God is with them. Paul says we're all going to make it. Um, But then all of a sudden, the waves bait up against the ship. The ship starts to fall apart. The ship, wait a minute, I thought you said God was going to be with us, and the ship's starting to fall apart. But guess what? Everybody on the ship, those who could swim, swam to the shore. The rest of them, they made it on 
broken pieces of the ship. But guess what? Even if they made it on a broken piece, they made it all the land. And the Bible says even though they came broken, when they got to the land, everybody was saved. Come here, I'm trying to help you understand something. That when God promised that he's going to give you, he's going to give you a, a safe travel, he didn't mean that a passage will always be safe. But he's true to his word to make sure that you'll get there safely. Mm. Ah, and so they get there. And now we get quickly into the 28th chapter. So you know all that Paul has been through. He's been shipwrecked. He's went through the storm. He's went through all the chaos. And now they finally make it to land. He's wet. He's cold. And in the 28th chapter, he's building a fire. So in the third verse, it says, When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper, a poisonous snake, came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. Now, hold on, y'all. Y'all got y'all to feel sorry for Paul about, right about now. I mean, come on now. Uh, I mean, he believes in God, and he trusts God, and he made it to shore, and he's at safety. But then he gets bit by a snake. Come here. Some of y'all know about some snake bites. No, not, not, not a real snake, but there's some snakes that came in your life. And they, they boy, if I had some time. They, they, they've, they've gotten to fasten you, and they, they try to take you out. And here it is. A snake bites Paul's hand. Everybody's looking at him saying, yep, he deserved it. Yep, that, that, that's what he deserved. He, 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 he's guilty. But look what God says. God says in the Word of God that all that Paul did when he was bit by the snake is he went by the fire and just shook it off. Come here, y'all. When you belong to God, that's some stuff God will give you the ability to just to... I'm trying to help you understand something. When people come in your life and you look at them and say, that, that's not from God, God has given you the ability to just, you know what, I'm going to just. In fact, when you go to work sometimes, somebody get on your, I don't have to say it like that here, uh, and you see them just, just do that number right there. Just, just. They, they may not know what it is. All I'm doing is just, is just shaking it off. Um, why? Because there's nothing you can do to me that my God can't rescue me from. So no matter the crisis, you can make it. You know why? Because sometimes God has assigned you. Zach, sometimes God has purposed for us to go through painful moments, painful seasons. You know why? Because there are others who are watching. And when they see the power of God in your life to keep you and to hold you, then they begin to say there must be something about this God that they're talking about. Because nobody can make it through everything you made it through and still be able to talk about it. Anybody, you ever been through something, but it's God who carried you through it? I'm done now. I just want to celebrate. Anybody in here, you, you've had some trouble and you had some trials and you look back and say, you know what? They're looking at you trying to figure out how you made it. And you can say, you know, it's nothing but God. It's nothing but God that kept me. Nothing but God who held me. Even when I wasn't looking for God, God still had his hand. God, thank you so much. He had his hand on me and he carried me. And he can carry you. Because at the beginning of Acts, Jesus said to those who believed in him, you will be my witnesses. That's what he said. In fact, I invite you to stand all over the building. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus in person 
on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.